Welcome to the Conscious Woman podcast. This is your host Pavna Dur. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you interesting and insightful conversations on a range of topics that will support you in both living and leading more consciously. From conscious leadership and conscious inclusion to conscious eating, conscious parenting and conscious fashion. This podcast is in conjunction with the leadership development work that we do to support women leaders in leading with mindfulness and compassion. To learn more, please go to shinomics.com. Welcome Shalini to the Conscious Woman podcast. Thank you, Bhavna. Uh, so glad to have you here and I'll just begin with a brief introduction of Shalini. Shalini of course wears many hats. She is a leading investor and advisor to many startups. She's also an entrepreneur. She's a LinkedIn top voice and really the big reason why I wanted Shalini for this conversation today is because she's written a great book that I feel many people can relate to called Clueless at 30 which is now an Amazon bestseller so really excited Shalini to dive into some of the many brilliant ideas you shared in the book because one of the fundamental premise of our work at Genomics also is that one has to be mindful or conscious about one's growth because when you bring that sense of awareness to how you live and lead then you can create a strong foundation for a life and career that, that feels purposeful and frankly that feels joyful so many of the things that you touch upon in your book as well so shalini let, let me begin with the first question which is really around the name of your book so you call it clueless at 30 and there are so many people who will identify as clueless at any age really whether it's 30 40 50 is it okay to be clueless at any age i think it is because one of the things that i talk about in the book is when you're in your late teens or early 20s there is so much of anxiety around the word clueless oh my god i don't know what i'm supposed to do next what career do i need to and you feel stuck especially when you don't know what career you need to choose and so many things but then you realize that when you are clueless if you take it upon as a mystery that you need to unravel or solve for there is so much that comes out of it right and i think it's such a beautiful state because it pushes you so much to push the envelope or to scratch the surface and see what really outs there and you're in this exploration mode con- constantly where you're trying to see what can you do next of course it involves a lot of work it also means you're clueless because you have a fire in your belly or you want to do more and that's why you feel stuck you're not complacent so i guess you're asking these questions all these big life questions oh what am i born to do what is my passion and all of that because i think we're so ambitious we want to do so many things so i think it's a it's a beautiful state to be in especially if you're willing to explore and push yourself to get out of your comfort zone and be out there Yeah, I would so agree with you because if I look back at my life, the first time I had a brush with cluelessness was I remember right after business school and everyone around me at least appeared to have it all figured out and I had no idea what I was going to do with the rest of my life. But I am so glad at that point in my life I took the time and space to really experiment with a bunch of things and really embrace the messiness of not knowing 
for sure what I was going to do next because I think that really helped me eventually come out of that phase. I'd love to know what was your first brush with cluelessness? When did you first realize or not? I don't think I have this figured out and I need to do something about this. I think maybe when I was in my final year of engineering because everybody is trying to figure out what is their next life move and my my gang of friends said hey let's all do GRE let's go okay maybe that's what my troop is doing and I'm going to do that so then I started for studying for GRE and my friends ditched me and they all decided to just uh, take up a corporate job and I changed my idea and I said okay I'm going to do corporate as well So I think these are like small patterns right because you don't know what you're doing you're just following the norm or just following what everybody is doing because you've never really asked yourself all these big questions even now I I probably ask these big questions and I don't have answers but you figure out a way to navigate through all these the fear and the anxiety and find your safe space but yeah I would say that it's probably come and gone in my early 20s or maybe in my late teens but I think I think consciously It was around the age of 26 27 I decided to do something about it. I decided that software engineering or engineering consulting is not for me and I really wanted to take a complete U-turn in my career and co- try something that I've never done before which is when I worked for Inktox which was back then in 2010 was Ted's partner company in India the whole idea of ted.com or thought leadership itself was so new so I was like this uh, frog in the pond getting out there and seeing what's really out there in the world it was one of the most uh, life-changing experiences for me to meet all these change makers and thought leaders from around the world from different walks of life and then you realize that there is so much more to life and learning and career and how you view yourself and how you view your career and actually you can design your career nobody actually tells you that right we all talk about designing our lifestyle and work life balance but then if you see you can actually design your career and it can be the way you want it to be so i think that was a big transition point in terms of living with clueless and navigating with clueless which is mostly putting yourself in a completely different line of work or career line and exploring that more Yeah, that's one of the things I've definitely seen you do is explore a bunch of different things on your own journey. You've worn so many different hats. One of the things I loved about your book Shalini is you do codify this process of moving out of cluelessness into this neat little four-part framework and I would love for you to take us through that because I think for anyone who is on this journey right now not being clear about what really is it that they are passionate about or what's their purpose in life and they're at different stages of trying to figure that out i think there's something in that framework that you've shared that anyone can find some amount of they'll be able to relate to it and find hopefully find solutions in that as well so take us through that i was just thinking about my own journey to from where i was to where i'm here so the book of course starts with my time at college and coming from a south indian family and all the expectations that's associated with it being a doctor or an engineer and so on so which is also very relatable for most people and i think also a lot of indian we live with a lot of anxiety and also with that pressure to live up to certain expectation and you yourself have so much fomo about your 
friends doing really well in life and a lot of them look so sorted right some of them are so sorted they know what they want from the beginning they're such go getters and you feel like you're already way behind then you're in this race and all that and then to add to it you also have um, parents on one side who are also competing for your success and there is also social media which makes you feel crappy about yourself at times right because you just feel like the whole world is ahead and you are going to be left behind so i described this famous fomo which i think all of us know which is a fear of missing out that is the first phase that state of being clueless and i think that's when you start feeling clueless because you feel that you're going to be left behind because you haven't answered all these life questions and from there on i say hey once you've decided that you want to leave this this place behind or this space this fomo space behind the most natural transition is to go look for better opportunities for yourself or you go in search of better options which is and then once you decide to leave the the fomo territory or in the sobo territory where you realize that hey when you are out there looking for better options for yourself it is not hunky dory it is not all rosy right because the grass always looks greener on the other side so in the second phase i've tried to talk a bit about all the new anxieties and the fears that come with sobo and we have to embrace all the experiences and the fears and the failures and insecurities that sobo has to offer because that is the only way you can move forward and you have to be willing to make a mockery of yourself you have to give yourself the permission to try these new things without any inhibitions and from there on i moved to jomo which is sorry let me move to jomo shalini because this jump alone is such a huge jump for so many people because you're right so many of us get stuck in that formal phase because we are culturally and even otherwise so strongly conditioned to compare ourselves to others and we decide how well we are doing in life and whether we can feel good about ourselves or not based on where we stand in comparison to everyone else and that is where i think a lot of us especially if we're making decisions based on that just based on okay let me do what everybody else is doing or let me do what everybody else is expected to do that's a big jump to go from fomo to sobo or as you say searching out those opportunities that feel more authentic to us because just as you said so much comes up when we're making that making that jump and i know for me when i was making that leap from a very comfortable cushy corporate job to then when i decided to go on an entrepreneurial path there were so many questions so much the self doubt there's a the fear of failure so what in your experience what are some of the things that can help someone make that jump So one thing is I think this when you explore a new territory I think you're obviously not a know it all and there are so many things that you don't know and and it's okay to not know and we all hesitate to ask those like that time when you're in high school and you don't raise your hand and ask a question because you're going to look stupid in front of your classmates i think it's very similar i think that doesn't change in your 20s or 30s you're very scared to raise your hand and ask that question if you don't know something because you think you're 30 and then you're supposed to know this and you don't and you're new to this field so i think one thing is asking questions i think if you don't know something you ask for it or even if it's an opportunity that you want you have to ask and and i think women have 
probably more problems in asking but but in general i think male or female we all have trouble asking only because we don't know what the other person's going to do or think about us or they're going to judge us and maybe we want to appear smart enough there we all these inhibitions i think that's the first thing or that don't be afraid to ask and askers take it all and if you don't ask you're never going to get right asking can be for an opportunity or asking for help asking for whatever it is and you ask for it so that is the first thing and the second thing is that the fear of first right there are many firsts that you experience when you change your line of work i briefly mentioned it and i've never spoken on stage in my life and i had so much fear about talking on stage and you're forgetting your lines and then you're rehearsing the whole night in front of the mirror and you're doing all of that and um, that's what it sometimes takes or it could also be in venture capital when you listen to your first pitch and you're asking these questions and so there's so many firsts where you're also scared that you'll make a fool of yourself and whatever you're afraid about all that but then you realize you know what we all have to work on ourselves there is no other way especially when you want something amazing you have to put yourself out there so one of the things that i think is all of us want an extraordinary we don't want ordinary we all want an extraordinary life but i think it really comes down to how many of us are willing to do that extra for that extraordinary life if it was so easy to do that extra i think everybody would be extraordinary that's how much it takes to do that extra going that extra mile or taking that extra step or that extra chance or that extra risk and i think that's what gives you fabulous outcomes so yeah i think it's it all comes down to that especially when you're in sobo phase you have to be willing to give that extra it could also be extra sacrifices so yeah we all have to be willing to do that extra for that extraordinary outcomes in the sobo phase So well said and this reminds me of an idea I read I believe in one of Mark Manson's books and I know you you touch upon this in your book as well this idea that when you are looking for these better opportunities for yourself don't just do it because you want to chase happiness because that is an illusion but instead of asking yourself what's going to make me happy to ask okay what do i find to be meaningful to me and chase that even if it involves pain so he talks about this idea of pursuing almost like chasing pain instead of chasing happiness so it aligns so well with what you just said in terms of yeah yeah i think that's what the third phase in the book which is jolo which actually talks about focused illusion because a lot of times we have idea of what happiness or success would look like and you would be chasing that and and then when you get that you oh you would think oh this is not as exciting as i thought it would be especially say getting that promotion or becoming a ceo or a founder it's not as happening or cool as you thought it would be so i think what's important is to view happiness as a state of mind and not an end destination and it's in your hands right you can ultimately choose to be happy yourself there are no external factors that's going to do it's all within yourself in your hands to do that and also i think we a lot of times we make this mistake of associating happiness to success and we it's very important that we keep the two separate because happiness has got nothing to do with success and vice versa and we think that if we become successful we will be happy and if we fail we will be unhappy and a lot of times we mistake that failure and success are not actually opposite of each other and i would say that failure is a part of your successful journey and <laughs> you shouldn't abandon any failures because i think 
the most successful people i'm sure even including you i think all of us have had our share of failures and it we are who we are today because of all the failures and the mistakes and the screw ups that we have done so there is no other way to grow up because even in sober phase when we talk when you go out looking for different options not everything will and a lot of times you'll also realize that you're not cut out for something you think oh i want to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is and then you realize you know what i don't have it in me to do this and it's important that you have to accept all those things and keep in mind and keep trying new things that doesn't mean you give up and go back to whatever it is that you were doing but the idea is to be able to recognize that and move on and if it doesn't work that doesn't mean you were fail you were a failure and you can never get happiness in your life and you know you're going to be a failure so i think it's important that this focused illusion which is we focus so much on uh, happiness that we have an illusion of how we will actually be and it's important that we separate success and yes absolutely and i think what you said about failure also is so important and i would love for us to talk a little bit more about that because i do see that's one of the biggest things that keeps many of us stuck we want to do something new we want to grow we want to take risks but there's the prototypical fear that we all have the same questions like what if this doesn't work out and what if it doesn't work out what will people think of me yeah. so there's a fear of failure fear of judgment i'm curious and also failure is not something a lot of us talk openly about so would love to hear if you have a failure story when you look back is there an experience that stands out that at the time maybe felt like failure and looked like failure but actually ended up being something else for you so see i've tried to do two startups okay and both of that haven't taken off for whatever reason they haven't right now but what you don't but there are, but each of those experiences has given me so much learning especially you know i mean we see right now when we investing in early stage startups and so on it gives me so much perspective of how startups operate all the teething issues and you generally have so much of empathy and appreciation for founders who are struggling with product market fit or the mvp whatever it is the initial journey and you can share your two cents as well so although it seemed as failure but then you see that you it has made you a successful investor or it is added more to your character or your overall build as a investor so it has been successful in an other while it might have seen oh you were you didn't do well as an entrepreneur so i think that would be one i would i would definitely say but i think a lot of times i think giving yourself that permission to fail also is very important like for example when i initially started writing i'm not a writer it's not like i'm a literature student or anything when i started off with 500 startups as an investor one of the things that i wanted to do more and more was start writing more on uh, linkedin because Six seven years ago, there were not so many investors writing, and then I wanted to write more about the trends and all the new things that's happening out there. Of course, I was able to build a, pers- a persona for myself and establish myself as a as a brand name, even though it's small, but something, right? And and then I started writing so much that I ended up researching a lot. It may not be that oh these posts went viral and I get thousands of likes. No, it wasn't. But then what happened is for me to post every time, I was researching more and more, right? And which really helped me. and then of course a little recognition like linkedin top voice and getting invited to write for multiple magazines and all of that helped but then if you see pavna like slowly this moved into me writing and a book and a pub there was this uh, avatar that evolved so what's important to remember also is to get the book out is one thing but then it was actually a journey of 6 7 years right i started with something one thing led to another and then I ended up writing about the career crisis and identity crisis which which i think happened only because i decided to write just 6 7 years ago on a completely different topic but that was the start but it was a journey of 6 7 and i think that takes us to the fourth phase which you do talk about because 
that is what really allows us to move forward so tell us about that so the fourth phase that i say is once you're in the jolo phase where you're really unloading all your inhibitions and deciding to move forward we are not talking about you making a big bungee jump or anything right we're not talking about any big leaps here right we're talking about small steps and also view this journey especially when you are clueless and you're trying to figure out it's important that you view yourself as a work in progress and not as a finished product work in progress maybe for 30 years or 40 years and it is going to be like this. and the beauty about this is that you explore more and you try to build your career capital or your identity capital which really means that say if you're in college or if you're working somewhere you try and get your hands messy and you try and do like a weekend course or a volunteering course or that internship or whatever it is that you're curious about you follow your curiosity and interest and keep building yourself there because all these experiences and learnings will actually build into your career capital or your identity capital and it will always help and one of the most popular one of the examples that i always give is when people talk about steve jobs nobody talks about all the 100 things that he probably did before becoming one of the greatest product guys in the world he did this famous calligraphy class to this physics class to his spiritual journey to india and there was this big journey that actually he probably invested in for himself for 5 10 years before becoming that guy but nobody talks about these avatar that you need to develop for yourself or say even if you want to be like a successful wildlife photographer you need to understand wildlife slash ecology slash art slash tech slash so much to become to give to in fact to give you that unique lens you need to have put like invested yourself in 10 other places to be good at that one thing so it's important that we keep continue to keep investing in ourselves through different experiences and learnings even though you may not be the best or you don't know where that is going to take you but you just do it because you're curious about it or because you want to learn so one of the things that i've also spoken in the moko phase is finding your slash right which is what i call saying be an artist slash blogger slash dancer slash any slash that you want to be because that's what's going to make you unique and you never know how things will shape up for you when you eventually connect these dots yeah i think finding your slash is such a beautiful idea because it also makes it a lot more more gentle because you're not making a big leap necessarily so let's say you are someone who has a 9 to 5 job right now and yeah maybe you like your job somewhat but it's not something that makes you come alive as you say over the weekend or in the evenings you can start to dabble start to explore start to experiment with things that you are curious about it's so much easier for us to follow our curiosity versus following and finding our passion that almost sounds intimidating sometimes but as you said if we begin by asking okay what am i curious let me start dabbling in it let me find my slash as you said that may just be the thing that helps us then move forward yeah yeah so i think finding passion sometimes is so overrated as you said right it's intimidating and then you sit and wait for some sign right which will tell you and then you end up not doing anything so the research says that there are two types of passion there is something called harmonious passion and there's something called obsessive passion 
okay so harmonious passion is a real extension of who you are or you're passionate about solving world issues or water issues or for you maybe it is working with women and bringing out the best in women right maybe that is who you are that is harmonious to you and then there is something called obsessive passion which is say that you may not necessarily you know you may not necessarily be that person but then you become that person because you're so good at it say for example if you're a family business guy and you've taken over the family business but then you're so good at it that you become obsessed with it and you're very passionate with that growth or that success that you've got that you're going to so you're going to completely apply yourself there but then there are some of us who neither have obsessive passion nor harmonious passion right we are like somewhere in the middle and for that i call this as find your interactive passion right you interact with things that you are curious with or you find interesting and you interact with all those interests around you and then you can just leave it there and that's what you're passionate about you're passionate about interacting with a multiple things and and seeing where it goes so yeah if you don't know what your harmonious or obsessive passion is find your interactive passion and build your slash around it yeah definitely and there's another framework i've heard you just recently start talking more about which is the potential market fit where does that fit into what first of all tell us what that is and where how does that help people on this journey of growing out of cluelessness and finding themselves yes yes absolutely it is a new framework that i'm toying around right now a little bit is we come from the startup world okay and the most common terminology used is a product market fit you basically see if there's enough market for your product before you go start building it so i thought that the principles of a product market fit can be actually applied to our everyday life as well where basically you know you ask certain questions about uh, what your potential is it could be oh i'm a great networker to uh, i'm good at uh, crunching numbers to building the best product or coding whatever that is you understanding what your genius zone is right your zone of genius first and then you try and map it to what the market needs and and all the opportunities that's out there sometimes it is a mishmash of three four things right maybe it's number crunching and maybe it is product and maybe it is networking and you see how you can actually mind map this and come up with a job description for yourself and see if there is a market for something like this if there are opportunities and if there is that becomes your advantage advantage zone meaning that all these three four things that you were able to map and if you're able to build for a product or if you find an opportunity outside for you to go work then that becomes your advantage zone because your three port connection thing not everybody is that because it's very unique to you so it's important that you move from your zone of genius to finding that advantage zone and and also for in this whole structure what's very important when you want to get into advantage zone is the network itself right the network sits right in the middle of it finding your network zone the network meaning is the is there a community or an ecosystem or a hacker club or whatever it is they're there to support you to get you to your advantage zone oh yeah so there are a few questions i put this out on linkedin i'm happy to share that again where what are those questions that you need to ask in each of these zones so that you identify it and you map it eventually saying yeah but to eventually for you to be a success there's a whole community or a lot of things that need to fall into place for you to ultimately realize your advantage zone so yeah this these are the three zones that i talk about in finding your potential market fit nice and let's make this actionable so let's say there is someone right now they're stuck they're feeling stuck they're feeling clueless and they want to achieve some kind of clarity 
and or at least feel like they're moving in the right direction what would you say is the very first thing they should do what is the second thing they should do and maybe if there's a third thing the third thing they should do what would you say if you were to break it down into at least one or two steps what would that be for someone who is right now feeling clueless i think i am a big fan of being a part of communities different communities sometimes not even related to each other it could be women leadership to product to music to book clubs it could be anything because sometimes you don't know what will actually inspire you that one conversation or meeting that one person or a quote or whatever it is it is all life changing and these things obviously don't happen in 2 3 months or maybe it'll take a year maybe it'll take 2 years i think consistency is very important in whatever you choose and you have to invest in these communities it's not oh you're a part of it and you only take right it is very collaborative so i would say join a mix of communities or networks because you never know who's out there or what opportunities out there is just important that's the first thing and the second thing is i did this for fun but then i know it it really works is when you go on a date with yourself okay so every weekend you choose one activity only because it's interesting and you and obviously because you're going on a date with yourself you're going to you have to make that extra effort for that day to be extra special it has to be an exotic outing right it could also be having a simple meal but then there's enough thought put behind why you chose that restaurant or that food or it could be that um you just went on an art retreat or you actually went to the museum whatever it is so yeah i would say it's a fun experiment but yeah that's the second thing i would do and the third thing is that if there's a chance for you to a uh, volunteer for anything that which is a larger uh, which has a larger purpose i would say start with that because there are so many people doing so many interesting things and i just feel as human beings uh we find a lot of satisfaction when we give we're very selfish because that makes us feel good about ourselves so i think i think we if we have that opportunity like for socionomics right and you built a fabulous platform and if uh people can volunteer with you to help women lead a more conscious life and a more mi- mindful life and so on so you find a cause that appeals to you and just volunteer your time so i would say yeah these are the three things that because that's how i started with ink actually and it's my career has been like so bizarre like my journey but then I actually started thinking oh ted is damn like damn cool i'm going to do this i started off as a volunteer there for the first four months or six months before i went into joint full time and then obviously that has completely changed me as a person my career my career journey and graph everything is changed so much i never knew a small volunteering gig would change my life but yeah you never know where these experiences will take you yes absolutely and i love that each of the things you've shared are so practical are so actionable because i remember i think it was marie forleo that i heard this from that clarity comes from engagement and not thought in the sense that if you are feeling stuck the best way is to just engage in something some kind of action because any kind of action will be a much richer source of learning and experimentation than simply thinking our way out of a situation and especially your point on going on a date with yourself i think is so important because again if i look back at my own journey and what allowed me to get clarity was building comfort with just being with myself that alone time that reflection time having time to simply 
meditate on what is important to me what excites me what am i curious about what is important to me and over time the answers emerged because i was willing to take create that time and space to do that and not just always be running from one activity to the next so that's such an important point and to your last point on service absolutely there are many many times I, and again um, this is a beautiful quote that i'm reminded of that sometimes the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others yeah and which is exactly what you just said to to find avenues to see how you can help others or serve others find communities that you would enjoy contributing to in, in some way yeah yeah i completely agree with that yeah great thank you chalni so on on this last point tell us how can we or anyone who is listening to this or watching this be of service to you how can we what's next for you and how can we help you or support you with one is of course i'm still actively in the venture capital ecosystem trying to establish myself as a top woman investor and so on so that is one thing that i do the other thing that i'm very curious about is i have this platform called purple matter which is essentially all about leadership and realizing your growth potential and so on So one thing that I've been very curious about building school for life I don't know what that means I'm just still trying to define what that means and if somebody wants to work with me on that or if they're curious about what that could actually mean and be a, pro- a part of designing that maybe it won't go anywhere I don't know but if they're just curious to be exploring this yeah happy to wonderful I'm sure you have many people who would be interested in supporting that Chalini final question before I let you go one of the one of the things we really emphasize when it comes to living and leading consciously is that you being conscious about the values that you have and that are important to you so what would you say Chalini are one or two values that are absolutely core to who you are I think one thing that I know uh is discipline is what is actually going to take you forward. Say I was a national badminton player very early on in my journey and one thing I've learned is that that discipline and hard work will actually take you a long way. These are the two things in the sense that you can be the most amazing or, or, or talented sportsman or say even a, a product guy or whatever it is or a singer whatever it is that you are really good at. But without discipline and hard work there's only so much your talent can actually take you and your hard work can take you longer i've seen that in sports as well a lot of people who are really very good initially they lot of lose their steam because they've not completely invested themselves into it and to achieve anything great in life i think having the discipline right like small things we see people talk about losing weight and you can't just do that if you don't have discipline and you have to be willing to work hard and so on or it could also be that if you want to be an athlete a successful athlete you have to have the discipline sleep at 9 wake up at 5 you can't eat junk you can't eat carbs and you have to be high on protein and like things like that having the discipline is very important anywhere i think uh, anywhere and prioritizing your uh, needs so so i would say yeah discipline and hard work i think these are the two values that i strongly believe will take you a long way fantastic charlie tell us how how we can learn more about you anyone who's interested how can they follow your work I'm very active on LinkedIn and so are you Bhavna but and yeah I think they can follow me on LinkedIn where I write a lot about um 
growth as well as how you can find your potential and how you can generally look at your career in life so this is something that i write actually and if that's of interest to anyone yeah they should follow me on linkedin brilliant brilliant shalini thank you so much for this conversation this is a topic that i know is of interest to so many people and i do hope anyone who's been intrigued by any of the ideas you've shared that they go and read your book clueless at 30 available at all bookstores because there is so much wisdom in that book and i think a lot of people can relate to so many of the ideas you've shared and if nothing else it will give them the feeling that it's okay to be clueless we're all trying to figure out this thing called life yes it's messy but that's also part of the adventure part of the excitement yeah. so yes that's, that's the thing about this book this book is not about a cheat sheet or it's not about 10 tips to be unclueless no it's not that it's basically about we are clueless and maybe we are screwed and yeah that's the reality of it and how we need to embrace it <laughs> yes. so, yeah embrace it great thank you shalini it was such a pleasure speaking to you thank you thank you bhavna Thank you for listening. I hope you found the conversation to be insightful. If you did, please do leave us a review as that would be most helpful in helping others discover this podcast as well. To learn more about the work that we do, please go to shinomics.com. We look forward to having you tune in again for future episodes. Until then, may you be well, may you be happy, and may you be at peace. Like this Sochcast Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store.